Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur looking to take your business skills to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Enterprise Now Show. Prepare to be inspired, motivated, and transformed. And now, your host, LZ Flinnard. Can I get it? Oh, yeah. What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to episode 124 of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and transform business owners and entrepreneurs into success. That is what we do. We help folks launch, grow, and maximize. Ronan was just 23 years old when he helped rescue passengers and fellow staff when the cruise ship he worked on sank off the wild coast of South Africa. His first business, a casino party company, grew from just two casino tables to over 50 in the largest gaming events company in Australia. We learn about connecting small business owners into peer-to-peer mentoring groups called masterminds and how they can help businesses succeed. Ronan shares how accountability and peer learning helps you bridge the gap between information and action. We also talk about the concept of return on intellect. All right, let's dig in. All right, Ronan. Can I get an oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, first of all, Ronan, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk with me and the Enterprisers. Uh, Enterprisers, just so you know, it is uh, about 8.20 p.m. Uh, U.S. time where when we're recording this. And it's uh, what time is it there, Ronan? It's quarter past one the next day. We're in the future here. We are in the future. See, that that's the value that we bring, the golden nuggets. So so much so that we are giving you golden nuggets into the future. <laughs> um, I, I, I really appreciate you taking the time out to talk with us because I know you're busy. You have a ton of things going on. So I don't take it take it lightly that you took time out to um, to share your knowledge with us. No problem at all. I'm looking forward to, to having our discussion. Now, the first thing I always like to start off by by asking is for you to tell us about yourself. Now, I had a caveat to that. I want you to feel free to go all the way back to the day it all started, or you can start more current day. Tell us about yourself. <laughs> I can't remember the day I started, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I was I'm originally from from United Kingdom, but my parents traveled around quite a bit within there. So every four or five years, I moved to a different city, which meant I had to make new friends go to a different school. And, and although that was challenging at the time, uh, it ultimately enabled me to then at 22, go and get a job on a cruise ship and work abroad. So I worked on a cruise ships for nearly nine years. I worked on a ship that sunk off the wild coast of South Africa in this huge storm. And it just gave me that permission to, for myself to try something because I, I'd already sort of 
stepped outside my comfort zone as, as a kid. It's quite tough going to, to a new school and finding new friends. So I did that for, as I said, almost nine years. And then I met my lovely wife in Alaska on, on the cruise ship we were both working on. And then I immigrated to Australia. Set my own business up a couple of years after that because I really didn't like working in an office, having traveled the world for nearly a decade. And I sold that business this year and started a couple of years ago a new business around masterminds where I connect people into mastermind groups. And also I teach subject matter experts how to set up a really successful six-figure mastermind group. So that's me in a nutshell. You are the second person from the UK who worked on a cruise ship. Is that a thing in the UK where people work on cruise ships? Um, I had a guest before that um, her story was very similar, worked on a cruise ship, traveled the world, and then started her business. So maybe I should work on a cruise ship and then sell my <laughs> business and then start another one. It seems to be a, a, a going trend. Uh, look, the reality is that the cruise ship industry is not what it was. I, I left 18 years ago and, and it's now predominantly run by, unfortunately, very low paid workers. If you've ever been on one, it's predominantly Filipinos and, and developing countries because the pay is just so poor and the hours are so long. So it's it was a great way to travel and see the world. But as they're cutting costs and globalization and all those things, it's all about profit. And they just don't have the caliber of staff they used to, unfortunately. Tell me more about the 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 cruise ship you worked on that sunk. I'm, I'm curious to know how how that all went down. Ah, it was it, it's it's a story that I tell, which uh, for me is actually quite funny, only because everyone survived, luckily. But it was pretty it was pretty terrifying for for most people on there. So I was in the working the gift shop at the time. I'd, I'd only just started six weeks on there. I was you know knew next to nothing, and we were in this really violent storm and. The, was, the ship started sinking and the, the majority of the officers and crew who were Greek never told us it was sinking. So we filled the first lifeboat with women and children. And on the other side, all the senior officers and, and crew left from a single passenger on there. So it was left to people like me from the gift shop and the entertainers to try and man the rest of the lifeboats, make mayday calls from the bridge, even though they had no experience on there. So it was, it was, a, it was this huge comedy of errors and all the things that you shouldn't do uh, but because I survived and everyone survived, luck more than anything else, the ship took quite a while to sink, to sink and in the morning the helicopters came. So for years I just told all these great anecdotes about all these funny things that happened at the time. Without really, for me, I don't know, I think I'm just wired that way. I wasn't scared. I, I, at one point I thought I was going to die, but um, I didn't really panic and it's just, just the way I'm, I'm wired. I just sort of dropped in and helped people. And that's why I set my uh, current business up because – um, I genuinely like helping people because, you know, I did it at 23. So, yeah, it was a, it was a crazy time and, uh, and and a great life experience that I've carried forward to this day. Now, I want to backtrack a little bit, Ronan, and ask, what's your favorite thing to do? My favorite thing to do these days is drinking red wine. <laughs> I do like to drink red wine. So that's right up there. Uh, but joking aside, table tennis, I used to play table tennis on, on some of the ships and when I was a kid and I, and we stopped doing the things that we love. I think when we get to our sort of late twenties, thirties, forties, we forget all these things that we love doing and, and, and fill us with joy and put us in that moment and that flow. So the last sort of year or so I've gone back to doing that. And I've got a buddy of mine who runs his own business. He's got a table tennis uh, table right in the middle of his, of his office. And we play on a regular basis. So, yeah, that's what I love to do. 
Gotcha. I, I wrote down as a golden nugget to don't forget the things that bring you joy. That's so, so important because you're right. We get older and we stop doing the things that make us smile. Uh, I don't know why we do that, but, but you're, you're absolutely right. We do do that. Yeah. And it was a conscious decision. I, I, I started last year. Like, okay, what are the things I really love to do? Another one was hiking. So I do hiking, but table toast is the main one, but absolutely. I looked and thought, why am I not doing these things? I, I used to love doing them and you can try them again. Maybe you've lost the passion, but. For me, it's, it is one of those things that we do stop doing the things that we love. Now, you mentioned that um, your current business is uh, centered around uh, creating masterminds. Um, what's your superpower? What allows you to be able to do that at a high level? My superpower is, is, is my accountability. I've met so many people in life that say they're going to gonna do this and going to do that, and they never do. Uh, and there's always this gap between what we want to achieve in, in our head and what, what our actual results are. I get that. But... For me, my superpower is that if I say I'm going to do something, I'll do it. Um, so I'm very much true to my word, and it's something that is intrinsic to me and is part of my DNA. And, and the idea of myself is that if I say I'm going to do something, I'll do it. You told us a little bit about how you really sur- survived a, a, a sinking ship. What What are some of your um, analogies to business with that with that sunken ship i'm sure you draw on that in your current business but uh putting you on the spot a little bit here give me a a good quick business analogy to uh in relation to that that sinking ship effectively for most people everything they want to achieve all their desires on the other side of their fears it's the fears that are holding them back so for example you've got a great podcast Maybe other people want a podcast. They go, no, I couldn't do that. I couldn't reach out to people. I couldn't speak in front of a, cam- uh, a microphone or a camera. Um, so their fear is holding them back. And it's only when they finally push through and, and actually do it, they go, actually, it was never near as bad as I thought. There were some challenges. Sure, it was a little bit difficult, but I've overcome that fear and, and actually realized that it was a limited belief and it, it doesn't define me and, and I wish I'd done it earlier. And I, I guess we all have those moments when, why didn't I do this earlier? What was the problem? Why was I so afraid? How does, when, when Ronan is faced with a challenge, what's the first thing you do? To be honest, they all come down to, for me, they come down to habits. So we have these ideas that we've got these lofty goals. I want to achieve this. I want to, I want to double my revenue in the next 12 months or whatever it is. Um, goals are just a thought bubble, a wish list. They're a waste of time. What you need to ensure is that you are tracking the habits and the rituals that will get you there. So if your goal is to double your sales and you know that it requires 10 phone calls a day, cold calling people, then that's what you've got to do. So you build into the habits and the rituals that will get you to those goals. So the more you can track and and ensure that you have the right habits and you successfully execute on those on a regular basis, that's what will get you where you need to be. And that will help you overcome those challenges. Now, how do you get to the into the mindset because um, business isn't perfect. Life isn't perfect. There are all, there are oftentimes things that we don't like to do, but there are necessary things to do in order to get to the next level or get to the next step. How do you mentally prepare your, yourself to do those things? Like, for example, I want to get in shape. And one of the jokes that I tell is, well, round is a shape. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, how do you get to the point where you can mentally make that adjustment to do those necessary things, even though you don't necessarily want to, in order to, to get to the, the larger goal? It's a good question. I don't think I've figured it out myself 100%. I 
what I do know is you need to look at all the environment and, and that same thing will come to habit. So to get into shape will be a combination of a couple of things. It will be a combination of diet and exercise and potentially having starting that first uh, couple of habits and, and getting into there. So it's it's all of those things. So exercise on its own won't work if the habit, if the uh, if the um, if the diet doesn't work. Um, so often it really is just starting something and that's again stepping outside your comfort zone. And trying to bridge that gap between the person that you um, want to be and uh, that you have that aspiration for and the person you are right now and have been a little bit self-aware and saying, okay, look, I understand there's a gap between the two. How do I bridge that gap? How do I fill that gap? What can help me with that? And, and sometimes for the most part, it's internal motivation. And sometimes you need an accountability buddy. You need to sign up where it hurts and put your money across the line and say, okay, let me get a personal trainer because if I've got a personal trainer, I'm far less likely to then just say, oh, look, I'll just sit on the couch and I'll open another bag of chips and I'll watch the sport and, uh, and I, won't, I won't do this week's exercise. Uh, so sometimes it's a combination of all of those three things. You bring up a really, really good point. And um, when, you, when you're talking about accountability, what, to me, one of the biggest value adds to having a coach or um, a, an accountability partner is the accountability. Speak a little bit about uh, accountability and how valuable that is. Accountability is a really interesting word because it's something that we want in everyone else, but not ourselves. And I'm not preaching here. I'm just saying it's a fact. We'll, we hold politicians and these sports stars up to this high level where, you know, look what they've done wrong, knowing that we've probably done something similar in the past and, and made that mistake. So we want it in everyone else, but, but not ourselves. And the reality is for small business owners, these entrepreneurs, is that they often leave the corporate environment because they want all this freedom. And the reality is it's the exact opposite. There's nobody there at the end of the week. There's no coach or manager at the end of the week to say, did you execute on the things that will really grow your business? Or did you just think, oh, that, oh it's going back to the stuff I know, what's easy in my comfort zone. You know, did I set a goal for the week and then not complete it? There's no one there to hold you accountable. So sometimes, uh, myself included, we need that external accountability to, to ensure that we stick to what we're promising ourselves. Well, well said. I, I, I don't think most people think of it that way. They, uh, like you said, they think of, well, when I'm my own boss, I can do what I want when I want, how I want. But, uh, to your point, to be, to be honest, you still need that accountability, whether it's you holding yourself accountable or you bring on a, um, a, a partner or a coach that can hold you accountable. So really, really good point. So kind of, kind of segueing off of, of accountability and, um, achievement and overcoming challenges. What are some of your keys to success? Uh, for me, there, there is no magic bullet. I think we are, we're suckered into, to seeing these seven secrets and top, top five things that are there. To me, there is no secret. They're just stuff you don't know. Um, so I'm, I've tried to become far more self aware in the last four or five years. And picking up where my gaps are and, and being not critical of myself because criticism doesn't really help you. You don't want to put yourself down as, you know, we're often our own worst critics. It's really just being a little bit more honest with myself and saying, okay, I'm not doing this very well. Uh, I need some help in this area. Um, and, and, or, you know, I've made these commitments. I'm not quite there yet. What else can I do to ensure that I'm on there? So it really is a question of self reflection. And, and because to me, myself included, you're exactly where you are today because of the knowledge you have and the execution that you've made. And they're just the two things. So you either need to improve your execution or you need to improve your knowledge if you want to, to get better results or, or achieve something else, whatever that is. 
that's where the gap is. And it's being just honest with yourself and saying, okay, I don't know it all. Um, let me find out somebody who does, somebody who's been there and done that and, and trodden that path just before me. And I can learn from them and I can improve. Um, or you become not self-delusional, but you, you, the ego takes over and you say, well, I can figure this all out myself and I'll just plot on with the same results or pretty similar for the next three, four, five years. Um, so that's to me is, is the difference. Now, we've learned a, l- a little bit about you, your background, uh, where you come from, some of your experiences and some of the lessons that you learned. Uh, tell us about your business. What do you do? Well, basically, uh, there's two parts to what I do. The first part is that I teach people how to run their own high-level masterminds. And what I mean by that is that most subject matter experts uh, become really good at what they do, but then they get stuck in just one way to deliver their expertise. So, for example, chefs only cook, and if you're a copywriter, you only provide copyright to people. But when you get to that point where you're really good at what you do, you need to download your intellectual property, and I call it an ROI. So rather than a return on investment, it's a return on your intellect. All the skill sets, all the knowledge, all the courses you've bought, all the mistakes you've made, all those lessons, that's a shortcut that someone else will pay you for. So effectively, you don't learn anything new. You just give another way to deliver what you already know. And a mastermind can very quickly get you to five, six-figure additional income stream just based purely on what you know. And on the flip side, I also put people into mastermind groups to help them with that goal-setting accountability, uh, shine a light on some of the areas where they're not particularly strong or information they don't know, and just over a 13-week program, get them to really sort of get back on track, increase, increase their growth, increase their knowledge, and put some habits and systems in place to ensure that they are hitting what they really want to hit, which is their goals and and their aspirational dreams. Interesting concept. Um, Talk a little bit about, um, you're mentioning, you mentioned ROI, return on your intellect. Talk a little bit about the economy, business, and how things are kind of shifting into uh, a knowledge-based economy. Yeah, absolutely. Whether you like it or not, that's where we're moving towards. So if you buy, if you buy a car, all it does is devalue. So every year it just gets, unless you, you, you luck out and you buy one of these, one of these rare ones that actually becomes a collectible. But so for the most part, almost all the stuff we buy, clothes, um, gadgets, they all become almost worthless sometimes overnight. You pay a thousand dollars for an iPhone and then two years later, you can barely give it away. Whereas when you learn something, your intellectual property, and when you've got, you've got something that people want to know, you can, package that up, and you can sell that again and again and again. And those ideas that have been built often on other people, most of us aren't inventing something completely new, but we are. We have sort of learned things. We've made life life mistakes. We've made lessons that we've found along our, on our business journey. And somebody who wants to get where you are in a far quicker time is going to pay for that shortcut because you've done all the hard work. So However you want to define that, that intellectual property you have, that IP, that ROI, is what something will somebody will pay for in that niche. Um, so it's just a really good idea of finding as many ways as possible to leverage the knowledge you already know rather than trying to learn something new all the time. The other interesting thing that I find is how, to your point, we're not learning anything new but we're finding new and creative and innovative ways to deliver that. Um, and I always find it fascinating that I can say the exact same thing as the next person and 
four different people receive it completely differently. Even though we just said the exact same thing, how people receive it is going to be different. So it's really cool how that works and that there's room in their space for for everybody because how I deliver a message is going to be received by uh people differently than how for for example you deliver it. So it's a really cool dynamic I think that we're moving towards and I'm I'm really to be honest I'm I'm quite excited about it because I think that uh, a lot of people are going to have opportunities to um, to live lifestyles uh with with uh, a freedom that we we haven't seen before. Yeah, based purely on, as I said, that, that intellectual property you have that you can, you can leverage that. One of the, one, in answer to your question around that, I, I agree with you 100%. One of the things is that we are now overwhelmed with content, but we don't have the context for it. And that's what people are paying for because, um, you can, you can read a blog about anything that there's all the information out there, but then people want to know, how does that apply to me? What's the context or how do I join the dots between what you you published on on the web somewhere i'm not quite sure how that fits to me so this is where that that um for me the mastermind concept comes in where you can get a group of people together and you can walk them through that and i actually also teach them as well to deliver content in a different way because you're right you can send a message to someone and four people interpret differently but also some people have different learning skills so i i teach the thought leadership thing where you you take an idea and you put it into a metaphor, you put it into a diagram, you put a TED Talk quote, all those other things or a personal story, and you fully round that uh, uh, that idea and that concept so it becomes teachable to everybody. You're hitting all these different things at the same time that really sort of flesh out that idea. And then somebody gets the metaphor but didn't understand your talk. Somebody gets the, the image but didn't really relates to to the quotes you came up with so it's just a, a fully rounded way of ensuring that your audience really understands your message on a deeper level ronan this happens to me every week and time just flies when i'm having fun so i have to end our conversation but before i let you go i wanted to give you an opportunity to give out your uh, your contact information in case people want to follow up with you learn even more about what you do and uh, connect with you. So um, if you don't mind, shoot us your, uh, your contact info. Absolutely. So I'm always on LinkedIn. So my LinkedIn is Ronan Leonard, the mastermind guy. My website is eCountability.io. So it's an E instead of an A in accountability. So it ties into what we're talking about, accountability. So really for anybody out there that's, that, that runs their own business, that has sort of hit that level of, of, of revenue where they go, okay, I'm really good at what I do. How can I monetize this more? Uh, and potentially I can help you put a mastermind together really quickly and to ensure that you get that extra revenue. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks um, again, Ronan, for being with us and sharing your your knowledge and your uh, experience with the enterprisers. Uh, thanks for having the show. Really appreciate it. Enterprisers, again, every week we have some some phenomenal entrepreneurs, business owners. We talked about a lot of concepts tonight that will probably take several sessions to unpack, but um, go back to uh, take notes and reach out to Ronan, uh, ask him questions. Uh, the thing that I love so much about my guests is they're always willing to share and to connect with you guys. So take advantage of that. That does not come um, every day. So take advantage of that. Thank you guys so much for your support. I would not be able to do what I do without you guys. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we will talk with you guys next week. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. 
What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.